Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are in the world today. This is Toby Usnick, and you're joining me on The Caring Economy. Today, I'm honored to have my friend of nearly three decades and uh, collaborate on many things philanthropic, Andrew Zobler. Andrew is the founder and CEO of the Sedell Group. He has championed, led, or co-led, or founded amazing properties around the world. We're going to talk about many of them today um, and really stay at that high level of what is that nexus of building brands and giving and community engagement? So welcome to the Caring Economy, Andrew Zobler. Thank you, Toby. It's a pleasure to be here. Now that you've dated me, I, hopefully <laughs> I, can, I can live up to that long history of friendship and association. I mean, I've always marveled at Andrew's success professionally and also his and the people around him, their engagement with community. We, uh, for our listeners, should note that we first became friends sharing a summer house off the coast of Long Island back in the uh, in the early 90s and have been friends and uh, colleagues since. Um, Andrew, tell us a little bit about your magnificent career journey. A uh, uh, hometown kid does well. You grew up in uh, on Long Island and tell us how you got where you got today. Oh, first of all, I'm going to date us even further because I think we met in the summer of 88. So wow. there was not it was not even the 90s. So um, we're lucky to still be here and and uh, and still be in the prime of of our career. And I'm actually thinking that the you know next chapter in my life you know may 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 actually be the most interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of how I got here, it's it may not be the most interesting story because it really was to a large extent by accident. You know, when I was a when I was a kid, I was always very interested in in real estate, and I, I sort of drew maps and of little make believe cities and things like that, and always kind of wanted to build and and create things. And you know, when I went to go to school, I was really not really very good with with math. I, I ultimately got better at it when you put dollar signs in front of it, but then it sort of made a little more sense. But I was always really good at reading comprehension, so I went to law school and you know, entered the business world in that way. And, and I was a real estate specialist and ultimately narrowed my specialty to hotels and, and, and grew a sort of a real love for, for hotels because they were real estate and they were also a business and they were also creative and there were places you could bring your friends and entertain them and, you know, you could communicate with the world. And so for me, it, it was really just a, a passion I started my career in hotels, really on the business side, putting you know business deals together, which was a natural dovetail off of my legal career. And then at one point in time, um, had the opportunity uh, to basically oversee the creative and the and, and the brand as well as the uh, business side of it. And that was really with the Nomad in New York, and 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 luckily. Uh, you know, the project was really very well received. And, and after that, you know, became, you know, once you had sort of done it once, it became easier, um, you know, to raise money and to mm-hmm. be able to do it again. And, um, you know, it was sort of a joining together of kind of the love I have of collecting things and mm-hmm. kind of art and things that patina with, with, with business. So I can have, I really have to say that it's been, you know, pleasure and I would do what I do, you know, if don't don't you know I don't know if we want to publicize this but i probably do what i would do even if people didn't pay me to do it yeah. um <laughs> well let's be fair here though you're being a modest person i think um these were not like little local yokel law firms or business people you were working with right you were at a major new york law firm right 
Yeah, I mean, basically, I made, I made, I started at Crevasse, which was arguably the the, the best corporate law firm in the world. Um, and I worked uh, at Paul Weiss, and I became a partner at Greenberg Greenberg Traurig in New York. And at Greenberg Traurig, I met Barry Stern like pretty early in his career, before mm -hmm. he had bought ITT Sheraton and created W and all of that. And um, mm -hmm. And I was going to join Barry as his general counsel of what was going to be the combined Weston Starwood entity. And then on the heels of that, you may recall the history about 15 years ago, they bought ITT Sheridan in six days, I think it was. And all of a sudden it became a $20 billion company. And I was in my early thirties and they said I didn't have enough gray hair to be general counsel. So luckily they put me in this sort of made up job of head of acquisitions in North America. And I really just worked on things that interested Barry and we bought all kinds of you know stuff and worked on the early W's before, you know, before, when they were all owned by Starwood and before we began to sort of roll it out to the world as yeah. a brand and and um, you know it was it was it was those were exciting times. So again ladies and gentlemen today we're with Andrew Zoba the founder and CEO of the Sedell Group. Uh, Andrew can you tell our listeners a, a bit about uh, your current portfolio of properties? These are names that people will know, but they don't necessarily know that they fall under your portfolio. So uh, give us a little color, if you will. Sure. Well, I mean, the first thing is, you know, it's really very much been about the properties and not about, you know, making my name well known or the name of our parent company well known, although a lot of people, probably most people in the industry would know me and would know, you know, Sedell as a brand. Sedell was my grandmother and she was in the antique business and I used to go around Europe with her in the summer and that's when I learned sort of about design and and you know I fell in love with things that patina etc and it was later that that career um, uh, my career sort of came together with that passion and sort of I entered the hotel space but in terms of what we've created uh, we created the Nomad Hotel in New York which has won all kinds of awards it was really sort of one of the first hotels where the you know, the name of the hotel and the restaurant were the same, and it was kind of one operation sort of conducted at sort of a very high level, but sort of in uh, what I would call the cool hotel space. And historically, in, in, the, in the past, um, you know, there really had been a separation between, you know, hotels that had a very high level of food and had a very high level of service and kind of design-driven hotels. And the Nomad was one of the first hotels where that that really came together. And, and then, you know, after the Nomad, um, we went on to do, we went on to do the um, freehand, which was something really completely different. Mm -hmm. The first one was in Miami. It was kind of small and had sort of a cultish following for its bar called the Broken Shaker. And the Broken Shaker went on in a small sort of, you know, 15 seat bar with a big outdoor area to be awarded the best hotel bar in in America that was up against various Four Seasons, et cetera. So that was a little heady. And we went on to do uh, four of those, one in New York, uh, one in Chicago, and one in, in Los Angeles, as well as the original in Miami. And then we also did a hotel called The Line in, in Los Angeles mm -hmm. early days. Mm -hmm. and, and, and basically it was in Koreatown, which was kind of a well, hotel perspective, pretty undiscovered. There was it, it, one time that had been a very fashionable strip along Wiltshire Boulevard, mm -hmm. um, and it had really become sort of the heart of Koreatown. And people stayed downtown, and they stayed in Hollywood, and they stayed in Beverly Hills, but no one really stayed in Koreatown. The hotel we bought was sort of a really run-down Ramada with 20-year-old beds and 20-year-old TVs in it, and we bought it at a 
bankruptcy for, for really nothing and we recreated it as a hotel that was very much all about its architecture, which was kind of neat 1960s um, uh, sort of, you know, industrial uh, kind of architecture. And, and you know, we, we worked with Sean Nib on it to create something that was completely different than the freehand and completely different than, than the Nomad. And, began to sort of show, it was sort of very LA, very about that architecture, very much about Koreatown. We mm -hmm. partnered with Roy Choi at the time, we had a, you know, right when we opened, we were lucky enough that he had a best-selling, number one bestseller in New York Times on his, you know, uh, biography and his story was really interesting. And, you know, he, he you know, had, had grown up in, 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 you know, in LA and kind of was very much seen as sort of an LA Kind of personality and and the idea behind the brand which was, was something relatively new was that the brand was about a way of thinking and not really about a particular mm -hmm. aesthetic and we went on to do one in dc uh, one in austin texas uh, and now we're in the process of building one uh, in in san francisco um, and then the nomad also continued to develop and we ended up doing a nomad in los angeles we did one in Las Vegas, and we're about to open one in London on Bow Street, right across from the Royal Opera House, and sort of like the first police station in London called the Bow Street Runners, with an old courthouse and an old jail, and um, wow. uh, which is yeah, it's it's really maybe the best thing we've ever done. And then sort of somewhere along the way, uh, two other things, I guess, our two largest projects. Um, one is the Ned in London, which is a great old spectacular Luxons building. Uh, we did it in partnership with with Ron Burkle and and Nick Jones at Soho House, and nothing really like it in London. Nine restaurants and and about sixty five thousand square feet of public area with a big health club and private membership club and a swimming pool on the roof in a landmark a building, no less. Yeah. yeah, Grade One listed, which means it's you know among the top most important historic buildings in in London. And then something completely different. We did 3,000 rooms in Las Vegas, Las Vegas with MGM. So we partnered with them to do the Park MGM and uh, create sort of a new brand, which was a little more you know, youthful then and a little bit more, I kind of describe as more residential than what anyone had really ever mm -hmm. done in, in Vegas before. And that had with it a 400 room uh, and nomad. And then just, you know, so you don't think we were. Um, Lazy. <laughs> uh, not not busy. We did these two Saguaro hotels, which were kind of uh, just these sort of sort of motel like hotels that were, you know, kind of banal. And we just you know we, we hired Stamberg a Ferriot and kind of were known for their use of color. And we just made them really really vibrant and all about the color. And mm -hmm. and and actually interesting enough, I think that our uh, Palm Springs Saguaro is one of the most Instagram hotels in the world. And it was just something that you know we picked up mm -hmm. for or really not very much money at all and kind of just had some fun with it. So uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, today on The Caring Economy, we have Andrew Zobler, who's the founder and CEO of the Sedell Group, named after his grandmother, which I think is so cool, a uh, real homage to her. Um, Andrew, you say that a brand is a way of thinking, and I, I, I agree with you. I think it's it really ties into experience. I also think, though, something that all of your brands do that is truly awesome and consistent with the caring economy and my, my views on all of uh, the way of doing business is it's about community. You, you don't go in and disrupt and try and make, you know, something old necessarily something that it's not or you, you, you brought in Choi and Koreatown, you worked with local talent, you, you celebrated the, the roots, so to speak, of that property. Um, 
And I know, for example, with the freehand, at least the one in New York, you brought in as a trustee at Bard's um, Fisher Center, you brought in artwork, commissioned artwork from students at Bard to fill the property, right? So you're really trying to, from what I see, engage with the community and celebrate it, not blow it up and reinvent something new. Yeah, well, those are the two different two different things you're really, you know, you're really focusing in on. One is kind of how to create, you know, great product. And I think that that the way you do that is you try and really think about where you are and, and the building that you find yourself in and the community that you find yourself in and you really engage. And that can be done through art, it can be done through music, it can be done through design, it can be done through food, it can be done through you know, any host of different things can mm -hmm. be done through music, but people I think are looking for an experience of travel. And I don't want to go someplace, you know, where they're in Memphis and they, you know, can't tell the difference between their could hotel be anywhere. room in Memphis <laughs> and their hotel room in Cleveland. Like you want to give them a sense of, of place. So that's very important for, for Sedell. But the other thing, you know, that I think in terms of the, the caring economy is that, although, you know, on, on a personal level, I'd like to think that I'm very philanthropic and I do that, you know, just purely of the heart and, and for causes that are dear to me. And I think in, in the hotels, what we really try and do is we try to engage with our, you know, communities. And, and I think of communities at kind of two levels. One of the communities, you know, where, you know, we reside and then also the communities people that come to stay in our hotels. And I think that, you know, by giving to charities and supporting causes mm -hmm. that people care about, you know, it tends to give them sort of a deeper connection mm -hmm. to the brand. And that could really go to the heart of how we think about our company and, and our brands, which is that I think a lot of people in the hotel space, when they create something, they do a lot of tests and they sort of try and create something that they think most people will will like and very few people will dislike. And we take a really very different view. And our view is kind of how do we create something that we think a certain subset of people will be extraordinarily passionate about. We call mm -hmm. them sort of brand zealots. And, mm -hmm. and so we know that, for example, when we do the Nomad and we take these sort of, you know, French fabrics and and sort of you know very idiosyncratic art and and you know there are good people who are going to come into the room and say I don't really like this you know it's really not my style it's not you know it's not modern and it you know etc and then whatever it's not for me mm -hmm. but we also know that people are going to come in and they're going to go wow like mm -hmm. I really feel like I'm staying in a friend's home and this feels so collected and I just sort of love it here and so we have for example at the Nomad over 50% of our guests at the Nomad have stayed with us five or more times, which is sort of an extraordinary statistic. Mm -hmm. And as a hotelier, you know, as a business matter, so if you want to just put it in dollars and cents in terms of how people think about it, generally, if you get your reservations off of distribution like Expedia or hotels.com, et cetera, you know, you're going to pay about 20% give or take for that reservation. So on a hundred dollar, you know, ADR or, uh, you know, room rate, you're going to basically pay $20 over to uh, the distribution. But if you can basically get that customer to come back and book directly with you because they have a relationship with mm -hmm. you, you're going to keep that $20. And so we very often think of that 
you know, $20 as sort of money that we can be spending to enhance those relationships. And that can be through corporate giving. It can be through giving little gifts to our regular customers, mm -hmm. sending over a cocktail, you know, remembering somebody's birthday. But, but giving is definitely a major part of it, you mm -hmm. know, so that we have sort of a, a, a voice and sort of support sort of a set of, of ideas. And that that is something that's not really just a, you know, a statement, but something that we really like to, to you know, to back up. And, and honestly, it's also part of the way we do business. We generally are not very vocal about it. So in some ways, it's a little awkward talking to you, Toby, about our corporate philanthropy, because we don't do it in a way that sort of, you know, Beats put our chest. name up yeah. with a, you know, grand old sponsors or this and that. We sort of do it in a quiet way, which is sort of how we build our hotels. You know, mm -hmm. we do it because we think it's right. And we do it because we think it has resonance with people who are looking. And, and but, you know, for example, like if you compare the way we build the business to sort of someone like, you know, Indian Traeger, or an Andre Balazs, who are sort of competitors in the in, in the space and who are both you know extremely talented. Take Andre for example. Andre will base who I worked with for a number of years. Andre will basically, you know, to, to sort of you know again date myself, take out his Rolodex and he will you know invite in you know all the you know sort of coolest people and sort of have them come to lots of parties and mm -hmm. that's how he creates a you know buzz. sort of a buzz mm -hmm. or a halo around his product. And we never do that. We never really comp anybody. We don't invite. We kind of just try and set out to do something that has like an extremely high level of, you know, service and engagement and, you know, Experience, we, yeah. we Google everyone who comes in and not just the celebrities. And so we, you know, we, we try and find out what people's birthdays are and we try and find out, you know, the, you know, the, the things that they really like and sort of just make it like a really great experience. And then from that, you know, very like in New York, for example, pretty much every celebrity and, you know, and a host of billionaires and presidents and various people have been to the Nomad, but it's not because we necessarily sought them out directly. It's just because we provided an experience and then through word of mouth and, and through editorial, you know, sort of, mm -hmm. they came. Yep. Well, it, it, in my book um, or my view, serving is the most noble thing we can do. So I think both practically and metaphorically, you're doing that in, in hospitality. You're talking to, a, you're serving to a group of, you have your two levels. You said you have your community in which you operate and you have the community who come to see you and you're serving them. And I think that you do it with class, with panache and with a real authenticity, an overused word. Um, but still, I think you do it that way. And that then engenders a loyalty that you've described, Andrew, but also I think it gets you referrals, right? If you have the great buzzworthy hotel and it's consistent, like the line in Washington when I was there, um, I couldn't rave about it enough to friends. And now that my friends, now when my friends go to Washington, it's the first place they want to go. It's probably the sexiest, most fun thing that's happened in Washington in terms of hotels in a while. Um, and you've done this great homage to what was a Christian science reading room where even the church organ was reworked into a chandelier that sits over this, this entry hall and the car card catalogs cards are actually turned into artworks in the rooms. It's, it's just, it's, it's a experience to be savored. I think married with incredible service, great restaurants and in the historic part of Washington, DC. So. I'd like to think that your ability to serve so well to those two levels is also serving you well in the end. And that's how you're building your brand. 
Is that a fair summary? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I think, you know, it's important, I think, for people to recognize, you know, that we've been close friends, as you said, for many decades. And I think your own sort of example that you've set of the importance of philanthropy and sort of giving back is something that has resonated with me as a role model. So I wouldn't say that everything I've done has just been sort of my own idea. I think you yourself have been yeah, thank you. part of the, you know, part of helping the, 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 the way of, you know, the way of thinking. But I think also, um, you know, I think also that, that basically uh, giving back makes people feel good. And so, for example, one of the things that we do at all of our hotels is we generally take a dollar um, from every room, every room, you can opt out of it if you want to, but almost always, you know, people are happy to participate mm -hmm. and we, we give to local, uh, you know, to local charities and that creates kind of a connection to communities and we change it out all the time. You know, we're always looking to see who's doing interesting things and, 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 and again, we don't do it really because necessarily direct cause and effect mm -hmm. but I do think it's important for people who are really just you know crunching numbers to know that there is a direct cause and effect mm -hmm. when you start giving to the community you know who supports a lot of charities in the community it tends to be you know affluent business people affluent business people see that your you know hotel is kind of you know not just some out of town you know conglomerate but actually is a participant in the, you know, in the local community of taking care of, you know, people in need, people will respond to that in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. And then when they think, okay, well, where am I going to have my, you know, gala or where am I going to have my wedding or my 50th, you know, anniversary or what have you, they, know, they tend to come and think of you. And so you create this nexus with the community. So, you know, I think like if people just want to give back, that's the best reason. But I think that even, you know, if you're not thinking about giving back and you're just thinking about how do I, you know, maximize the bottom line of my company, I think a lot of brands, especially brands that are really consumer centric, mm -hmm. will benefit from having an active, you know, corporate philanthropy, which I mm -hmm. know is sort of a central thesis of your career mm -hmm. and something you've been, you know, Champion. really a champion yeah. of, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I'm very proud of that and, and, Thanks. you know, and really, and really support it and think it's a terrific thing to do. But I do think that one of the challenges as you know, I always say as we, as our company gets bigger, I always say, and not that we're so big, but I always say the bigger we get, the smaller we need to think. And mm -hmm. I think that that's something that is an important, if you take away one thing from this, you know, from this chat, I think if you're a larger company and you're trying to really create, you know, inroads into the communities that you serve and you're trying to, you know, create a sort of a, a local connection and not be perceived as just sort of, you know, something that, that, that is, you know, just a commercial enterprise from far yeah. away, it's the perfect way to do it by empowering, um, you know, your local people to sort of, have some money available to do that. And by the mm -hmm. way, that's how we run it. I mean, there are certain projects where I get personally really involved in it. That's often very, when they're on the sort of creation side yep. uh, of the, of a hotel, but most of the projects that I described, you know, are really things that are empowered to the local team. And, mm -hmm. and, 
you know, I don't, you know, I tend to do a quick review of who they're giving to just to make sure that, you know, the organizations are, are, you know, sort of efficient and set up and the money is really going somewhere. And it's, 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 you know, but I don't really impose my own personal set of values yeah. on, you know, who they choose. I, I, I let, you know, the, and it empowers, you know, our, our team on the ground. And I think that also really helps foster the relationship between the team on the ground and, and the company, because we're not dictating to them, you know, give to this one or give to yep. that one, but it's something that we allow them as a local community to sort of figure out for themselves, you know, who, who they want to support. And that helps again, engender loyalty, not only among the community, but also among staff. Completely. We have a, you know, we have a very high level of retention among our staff and it's because we do, you know, we, we, we empower them and, you know, in, in numerous ways to sort of, you know, because we don't want our hotels to feel scripted. We want them to feel anything but scripted. And so that, you know, the only way that that happens well is when you have sort of dedicated people who, you know, care as much about hospitality as I do and mm -hmm. who are out there and sort of doing it in their own way. Like you'll never hear, we're like the anti, you know, Ritz Carlton, you'll never hear, you know, sort of a, you know, a scripted sort of server at Sedell. It's just not something that yeah. we that we do. It doesn't make it right or wrong, but that's just, that's not our, you know, it's not our culture. And I'm going to encourage our listeners to check out Sedell's website just to see the, the stable of properties and to think about, um, particularly as COVID starts to uh, hopefully come out of this pandemic uh, sooner rather than later, travelers will be resuming at a level that we hopefully had before and you'll visit these properties. Um, Andrew, I also think that uh, as an example, I like that you are measuring what you're doing with the corporate philanthropy because, as I've written in the caring economy, we need to measure what's meaningful and report on it and hold ourselves accountable. Um, the second thing that you're doing, I like the fact that you don't just keep doing the same thing over and over again, but rather you, you with your teams on the ground, figure out um, what's next, how are we doing this. The example that comes to mind is your colleague, uh, Leo Robachek, who I think was fairly instrumental in in the COVID response to the World Central Kitchen, he himself had COVID, was hospitalized and got very involved, um, got the hotel group involved with the food and beverage team and delivering meals. And that was, if I understand correctly, that's coming right out of the pandemic and an immediate need, right? Yeah, well, we were, I mean, like we were not the only people who did that, but, but you know, certainly a lot of people did. And I think yep. at the beginning of the, pandemic, we were all sort of feeling a little bit powerless and trying to figure out, you know, what to do. And we went from having vibrant, you know, hotels, hotels are very often closed or, or mm -hmm. certainly greatly, you know, incapacitated and, and a great response that, you know, again, we're, we were not alone, but I'd like to think we did a good job of it is, is create, you know, using our kitchens to create meals for people in need in particular, the first responders, we did it in New York, we did it in in LA and, and Leo, as you say, was really instrumental. He's probably the leading mixologist in the world. I'm lucky enough to have him as a partner. And Leo basically was very, very sick early on. It was super frightening to me. I talked to him almost daily and he was terrified and, and all these people were dying in New York. And when he came back, he didn't come back sort of, you know, scared. He came back and said, okay, how can we help? And he pushed and pushed and you know, we got the, you know, it's complicated with a hotel with all different kinds of investors and permissions and consents and things, but we went, you know, we, we, we made our way through all of that and we just started serving meals to people and we also re-engaged our, our staff. And I think one thing that's important 
to point out is people said, well, you know, well, people really come back to work when they're getting all these benefits from the government, they can't really make much more, you know, working in the kitchen than they can in, you know, taking, you know, benefits. And everyone we asked without exception came back to work. Everyone wanted to work. Everyone mm -hmm. wanted to serve the communities and, you know, the feeling of, you know, it was one of, you know, I got a little depressed during the, as a lot of people did during the, you know, the height of the COVID. And this was one of the things that started to break that depression was, okay, well, let's, you know, do something to, to, you know, to help. And, and um, it was really, you know, it was the program Central Kitchen, World Central Kitchen is Jose Andres, who's just been a real superstar in, you know, these kind of crises throughout the mm -hmm. world and multiple different, you know, crises, not just with COVID. And so he had a really great infrastructure to sort of that we could, you know, sort of plug into and he's just deserves a tremendous amount of sort of respect. And not only is he really one of the great, greatest chefs of our, you know, of our generation, but probably the most important philanthropically and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and truly uh, just a phenomenal person. Mm -hmm. So uh, Andrew Zobler is our guest today, the CEO and founder of Sedell Group. Uh, Andrew, one last question. Um, here we are, January 2021, a whole new year ahead of us. Um, what are some of your goals or your your sort of dreams and wishes that you can share publicly at this point? Well, you know, look, I think 2021 is going to be a really, really, really uh, interesting year and especially year. I think it's going to start in a dark in a dark place, and I think it's going to end in a light place. And I think as people get more and more people get vaccinated, we sort of see our way out of this, I think that people are going to, you know, yearn to come together and have a sense of, you know, community and also be able to sort of party and, 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 mm -hmm. you know, think about the next time, you know, in life when you can get together and just sort of, you know, dance with all your friends in a public place or sort of, you know, kiss, you know, people on the cheek as you sort of see friends in a restaurant and how happy that's going to make people. And so I'm really, you know, spending a lot of my time just figuring out how we're, you know, going to be, be able to sort of enhance and, and, and create venues that really support, um, you know, that kind of renaissance that I'm, you know, that I'm expecting. And, and one of the things that we're actively working on is this idea of creating a, a place where people can go, you know, a limited number of times a year to have sort of really special parties and I don't want to give away all the details right now but mm -hmm. that's sort of something that's like a special project that we have in mind it's something that I'm working on with with Nick Jones at Soho House and we're really excited about well that's an exciting tease listen Andrew Zobler my friend my my colleague now for all these years um thank you for joining us here on the caring economy wishing you and your family the healthiest and happiest of new years ladies and gentlemen please check out the Sidel website and check out the properties when you're traveling uh, Andrew, any final thoughts from you? No, I just appreciate that you're doing this, and 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 you know, and hope that uh, hope that uh, you know we can, you know, in our own small way, we can we can we can make a difference. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank Happy you. New Year.